Welcome to Diamonds for a Point, the podcast. This is my story. It's deep. It's meaningful. It's everything um, that I've been through. And I, and I am hoping that out there it reaches someone, maybe sparks some change in one person's life, or maybe sparks a massive chain. To understand where I've come from, it's going to take a long time. There's been quite a few happenings. But I guess the main thing that made change was losing my children to my drug addiction. Now, when you're a mother, that's your title. That's who you are. And when someone takes that title off you and there's nothing you can do about it, it is unimaginable pain, rediscovery of yourself, learning to be a person again. I mean, I was a mother at 16. I, I had my first son at 16. Then when I was 34, I met drugs. I met ice. I had secured a life from 16, worked, bought a home, done everything right after teenage pregnancy to give my kids a good life. Every day was a struggle. And once they got to an age where they moved out of home, it was empty nest syndrome big time. Um, I didn't know who I was anymore. And so I fell pregnant again. Um, I had my daughter in 2013. By 2014, I still didn't know who I was. And someone put a pipe in my hand and said, try this. And wow, all of a sudden, <laughs> I was someone. I was, I was Hercules. I was Xena, warrior princess. I was gangster mum. I was... I was cool. I I wasn't cool. But the drugs gave me a false sense of, of real. And I clung to it. How do you pay for your drug habit when you're not a criminal and you don't have a massive income? Oh, well, you chuck in with mates. So you chuck in. And you buy a big amount and you split it up. And before you know it, you're not actually paying for it because what you're selling is covering your habit. Well, guess what? That's called trafficking. Wow. And I was well into my addiction and my delusion by the time the police came to my door. Now, when I say came to my door, I already knew that they were coming. I could feel it. All of my friends around me that morning had all been getting raided, um, People were messaging me saying, are you okay? Everyone's getting raided. It was it was like an apocalypse happening, like we were being attacked. So I left my door open thinking, well, I don't want to kick it in. And in they burst. Where's the guns? Where's the drugs? Where's the money? Well, you've obviously got the guns. They're on your pocket. I don't know where the money is because I'm a junkie and as soon as it comes in, it's gone out. As far as the drugs go, that's, you're going to have to find them because I am not giving them up. I don't care how much you've got firepower, manpower, sniffer dogs made. I'm not giving it up, but guess what? They found it. 
not to worry. I was charged, then applied for bail and was granted bail. Now, don't ever go to the watch house on the Sunshine Coast, Maroochydore watch house. You, you walk in there and you may as well have a sword on you because it's Dungeons and Dragons all the way. It is cold, wet, dreary. It's best of block walls. You can't see outside. There's no windows. And the mattress, what is that? It's like a bit of material with some foam wrapped around it. It's, it's, <clears throat> I mean, guys, you're definitely not five star and I'm not rating you on Airbnb. Definitely not. The food service is disgusting. I do not recommend eating and dining, let alone sleeping at this rat's pest. Eventually I got bail. It took about two days for the court process. So I was, I was feeling like the mold was growing on my skin being in there. But the judge did grant me bail. It was my first time ever charged with anything at all, let alone such a serious crime. And, and I still hadn't come to terms with the fact that I was a drug trafficker. I mean, drug traffickers are gangsters. They are criminals. They wear baggy pants. They listen to hip-hop music. I'm just a mum. But I wasn't a mum. I'd let go of my parental duties and being there for my children a long time as soon as I picked that pipe up. That pipe took me away from reality, but it took me away from my children. But I still wasn't accepting My niece stepped in and helped me with my daughter, who by this time would have been about two years old. Now, guys, I can't say enough about my niece. She's the best. This this girl is 19 years old at this time. She's studying at university. She's got her own partner, her own life, and her own things going on, and she steps up to help her junkie auntie, who, mind you, had not been a junkie her whole life. But in the previous two years, she'd watched me disintegrate, and she knew there was a problem. But she never confronted me. She never put me down. She was just there. 19 years old, never lived that life. And look, she's an angel. There's nothing I could ever say wrong about my niece. She is the epitome of perfect. She's everything, everything. If anyone wants a role model, that's her. So from there... She stepped in and took my niece for me so that child safety couldn't get custody. I, I was an absolute mess. But it meant that I could still see my my daughter. Um, and we worked in together. I set the room up for her at her house so that my daughter felt comfortable. She had everything she needed except her mum. And that weighs on me every day. I gave her everything I could but not me. That's a part of parenting, I think, that we neglect to think about. I was escaping reality, but I left her there in reality. So for her growing up, it wasn't hard. She had great people to look after her. They were fantastic. But they weren't her mum. I think that's the main thing you have to remember when you're thinking about your children out there, guys. No one is going to replace their mum. Just like when you're on drugs or you're in a bad position or, you know, you're awaiting court 
um, you know, who do you call? Your mum. Well, what about when your mum's a junkie? Who do you call? You know, maybe your kids have someone to call. Maybe your kids have a lot of support. But your mum, your mum is the one you want. It doesn't matter. And when your mum continually can't be there, it's got to cause pain. It's got to cause suffering. It's got to cause something inside these children that we brought to this world. And do you think that would make me get clean? Oh, fuck no. No, 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 no. Self-pity, self-reflection, all that kind of stuff. Nothing made me get clean at that point. I I was well and truly into addiction and, and I could see no way out. I was on bail for 18 months. And in that 18 months, I met another criminal drug addict. We had a great relationship. Oh, yeah. We were able to support our drug habits and basically live in a car. But it was it was glorious. It was glorious because we had drugs. It didn't matter. And then I didn't get my period. So here I am on bail, awaiting sentence for trafficking. I'm now pregnant to my... Addicted criminal boyfriend. My child's in the care of my niece. My two older children had grown up and and were self-caring, but without the guidance of their mum. And um, I'm about to go to jail. Barefoot, pregnant, jail, gosh. It was everything all wrapped in one. And and how the hell am I going to get out of this? Where the hell am I going to end up? Where are my children going to end up? Am I going to be just another one of those mothers with children in care, doing time in jail? Or am I going to snap out of this? I'm going to be another one of those mothers for a little bit longer. A little bit longer. So we're in jail. Finally. I actually get arrested. My my bail was breached for the Supreme Court and um, it's time for me to go inside. I hadn't been sentenced yet, but I had skipped Supreme Court hearing, which breached my bail, which gave me a, a warrant under the Supreme Court Act. So pregnant in jail, awaiting a very long sentence. Now in women's jail, there is a program which allows you to have your children in jail with you until you're five years old. So straight away I've applied for this program because like, you know, I'm pregnant. I'm excited now that I'm pregnant. I'm in jail. I want to have my baby with me. Go through all the process. I'm a good prisoner. I'm not doing anything wrong. Um, Settled into jail quite easily. And part of the program is that you have to be assessed by child safety. It has to be approved. So the the jail approves it and then child safety also have to agree that that you're a safe person. Unfortunately, I didn't pass child safety's speculations. 
they felt that because I had abandoned my other child, potentially, I would do the same to this one. So in their justifications, why would we allow you to bond with a baby that you'll eventually leave anyway like you did your others? Wow. That, that, that hit me. Because now I'm sober. Now I'm in jail. I'm not using. I'm pregnant. And now someone's just hit me in the face with reality. Why do you deserve your child in jail for your child to establish a bond that you will break eventually from your drug habit? We, we believe that you'll be a, a user and a criminal for a long time. You have no signs of wanting to change. And I was like, but I want to. I do want to. I have no idea how to. How do I change? I mean, I was 34 when I started using. I didn't have, you know, teen helplines and I didn't have young peer supports from an early age. I just never did it. So it was everything was a shock. I'm now an adult in a drug world where people have been drug addicts their whole lives. They've had support networks. They... They know what they're doing. They know what they're talking about. I didn't have anything. I should have known better. Yeah, I should have. I should have. I shouldn't have taken that first puff. I shouldn't have allowed myself to be in that position, but I did. And I'm there. And that's where I am. Hindsight and information after the event is great. It's fantastic. And and I'm listening to my own story right now and I'm thinking what the hell were you doing well let me tell you what I was doing I was having fun and I wasn't in the real world I was not I was in my own meth world and I was messed up it was it's not a world where the mind works on an accurate basis it's a clouded perception of of where you are and what you're doing I mean I was living in a car before I went to jail, but I was the richest person there was, let me tell you. Hmm. The other women in the jail could see that I really needed to have my baby with me. They believed in me. They supported me. And eventually one of the women um, who was a lifer, she she was in there for murder, she come to me and she said, use my phone. And I said, what? She goes, use my phone. I have sisters inside programmed on my phone. I want you to ring them and I want you to talk to them and tell them your story. They will help you. And I was like, yeah, but shit, like, you know, I I didn't look after my kids on the outside. So this is what they're saying to me. She goes, it doesn't matter. You have to stand on your own two feet. You have to do this. This is for your children. You prove to your children that you're fighting. And if you lose... It doesn't matter because you can show them that you tried. If you give up, then what hope do they have? I was like, okay, well, let's give this a shot. So I rang Sisters Inside. I rang Prison Legal Services. I stated my case. They went into bat for me. And eventually, these things take a long time. The process, I'm getting closer to actual term pregnancy. I'd lost the fight. They weren't overturning the decision. The baby would be handed over after birth. Now, 
when you're in prison and you give birth, you're given a few hours basically after birth to stay in the hospital. So I didn't lose my child to an order. I lost her because I was a prisoner. So they denied my child to come back to prison with me. So as long as I was in hospital, she could stay with me, whether that was an hour, two hours or a day. But the average prisoner, probably six hours after birth that they would be with their child. So up comes the moment. I'm told to get my things ready. We have to put everything into a white hessian bag so it's not really the the lovely hospital bags that we pack normally when we're going to go give birth it's a white hessian bag with your name on it and your prisoner number loaded up with some nappies and some tampons and pads not really tampons pads more so sorry maternity pads then you know a couple of changes of prison uniform toothpaste toothbrush hair stuff whatever else but you got to keep it pretty light they don't like to carry things around so I take all my things up to the um main fish bowl is what we call it and and leave my things up there ready to be called for escort I could see all the women sitting around me worried they were looking at me with I guess empathy some pity some just absolutely sad and devastated that this was going on, but there was nothing any of us could do. When I went to that hospital, I was coming back with an empty belly. Now, my daughter was two weeks overdue, so I was actually going to hospital to be induced. When you're transported to hospital, you're in a pod. It's this tiny little cage. Now, you imagine this big fat woman pregnant, nine months, she's huge, and I've got to squash into this pod. It was not the most comfortable trip at all. And I gave birth in January in the middle of summer too, so it was not a happy experience. Nevertheless, that's how we do it. And I got to hospital, and I remember stepping out of that pod, holding onto my belly as we walked into the hospital two officers behind me and coming up to the reception for the hospital and then walking me in and I was just thinking this is just a moment I can get out of jail and I can fight for her still but one thing that I'd learned from these women is that it's not just about winning and losing it's about fighting it's about making sure our children know that we love them and we're trying We got into the maternity ward and I was put into a private room, you know, shades drawn, no one can see in because I'm a bad criminal, you know. Um, the doctor come in with one of those machines, like an ultrasound machine and put it on my belly and had a look around and said, she's gone breach. She had turned back around from the engaged birthing position and gone back up ready to come out legs first and I thought well the poor kid doesn't want to come to jail come on guys she's 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 on the run she doesn't want to do someone else's jail time either so anyway he says we're going to have to do a cesarean and I said what does that mean he said well you'll be in hospital for three days I was like yes because remember they couldn't remove her until I went back to jail 
I just scored three days with my baby. Three whole days. And three whole days in jail is massive. It is like three years at times. Three whole days. So the next morning we're booked in for the cesarean and go down there, spinal tap. I'd never, ever had an epidural or anything like that before with my other births. I I was very much did not like that kind of stuff. The thought of a needle in my spine, but I got three days. So I was so still. I did not care. They could have taken a toe off and given me four days. I would have been happy. But I was getting three days. So the cesarean happens. I've got two guards in the room with me. I mean, I'm on a spinal tap, guys. My legs can't move. I can't feel anything from the waist down. But the guards still had to be in the room with me in case I ran. Oh, you might. So from there, obviously cut me open, hand me the baby. And we go back to the maternity suite. I had two guards in my room with me all the time watching me. I didn't feel anyone else in that room but me and her. It was only us. Those three whole days. Probably by about day two, though, the doctors come in and said, look, we're taking the pressure socks off you because you had a cesarean you know, you've had an epidural, you can't move your legs, but now we need you to start moving and walking around because of blood clots. So we're going to ask you to push the baby hospital crib with the baby in it just around the hospital uh, maternity ward. And the guard said, well, we'll have to go with her, obviously, because she's a prisoner. So the two guards had to walk behind me and I walked this crib around. Anyway, I go back to my room after having a little walksy and you know stretching my legs for the first time could barely walk like I could I was just getting feeling back in them like I was very wobbly and that's why they want you to hold on to the crib in case you fall so get back to the hospital room and the nurse comes in and she said I'm really really sorry but we cannot let you walk around the unit again and I was like what what am I have I got a blood clot am I right the other mothers are upset with you walking around the unit. You are um, intimidating them. What? So as she went to walk out of my room, because obviously the doors are always locked and closed because I'm a prisoner and I'm a bad person. Um, as she walked out and opened the door, I yelled out, I didn't kill anyone. It's all right, guys. Everyone's safe here today. It's all right. I'm a prisoner for drugs, not for murder. Thanks, mate. They weren't very impressed with me. Not to worry. Then comes the day of child safety coming in to remove her from me. Now this day, it just come way too quick. But I was told by the hospital counsellor who had come in to speak with me about things that they're very quick so they'll come in take the baby there's no hellos no goodbyes no chatty chatty it's done very quickly and in and out take the baby and off you go because I hadn't lost her to an order I was able to stipulate that I wanted a family member to look after her whilst I was in jail um, so the father of the baby and I decided that his mother would be the one to look after her she was able and willing. 
so she was waiting outside the hospital door room. <clears throat> she was unable to come in because she hadn't been cleared for, for visitation in the hospital. So she was waiting outside. I'm waiting inside. And there's a knock on the door. It's sister's inside rep. My anxiety went up, then it went down. Then there was another knock at the door. It was prison legal services rep. They'd come to be with me to make sure that the transition over to child safety and then to my mother-in-law happened successfully and they were supporting me as a prisoner. So by this point, I've got sisters inside, I've got prisoner legal services, I've got two guards, myself in this small confined little room, but still it was just me and her. It was just me and my baby. There was no one else in that room with us. I was engulfed in that moment. Then comes the last knock. By now, I'd gone up and down so many times with the knocks that I'd pretty much gotten this feeling under control and I was okay. They were coming in. This is happening. Get it done. Do it. Rip the Band-Aid off. That is it. And then they brought two chairs inside the room. Why are they sitting down? Okay, they want to make me feel this pain. They're going to have a talk. So the male person from child safety says to me, why do you think that you deserve to have your child? Why do you deserve your child? You are a drug trafficker. You have violent crimes linked to your drug trafficking. You abandoned your other child. Why should we give you this one? And I looked at him straight in the eye and I said, I let my child live with family because I couldn't control my addiction. In hindsight, being clean, maybe that doesn't sound perfect, but I did what was best for her at the time. If I'd continued to do drugs with her around once I had accepted the fact that I was addicted, wouldn't that be bad parenting? And as far as having my child in jail with me, the, the first few months of her being alive, the breastfeeding, the connection, it's not just about me, it's about her as well. She has the right to have a mother, her mother. I said, nevertheless, you've, you've chosen what you've chosen and there's no point in beating myself up about it. I have come to accept what you have decided and all I can say is this is just a moment. This is not forever. I will be released from jail. I will come for my children. I will get them back and I will get clean. I will stay clean and I will be their mother. And just like that, he overturned the whole decision. I was in shock when he said, that's a good answer. We're going to overturn the decision. I was like, what? What do you mean? But I just couldn't hear anything. It just, they started talking about forms and decisions and, and, and signatures and the jail needed to be called and transport needed to be arranged. My head was just spinning. They were asking me if I had the right items that I needed for her back at the hospital and, and they were just talking so loud and over each other and, I just, oh, 
She was coming back with me. She was coming home. It was the most incredible feeling. And then finally, the child safety advocate turns to Sisters Inside Advocate and said, can you please ask your founder to stop calling child safety children stealers? I've had her on the phone and in my ear since 7 o'clock this morning about this case and we have overviewed it now and we are agreeing to allow the mother to keep the child with her. And the Sisters Inside Worker said, no, I can't ask her that. It was a small win. It was a small win. It was the most victorious win. It was the most gratifying win. It was amazing. It was awesome. It was fantastic. And the enlightenment in yourself within everything, it was amazing. But it was but one more fight. It was just another one that I was about to fight. I still had to fight for freedom. I still had to fight for sobriety. I still had to fight for myself. One thing I've learned now is that our children need a mother. They need their mother. But their mother needs to know who she is. Their mother owes it to their children to find who she is. Parenting is not just about making dinners and putting a roof over your head and clothes on your back. Parenting is so much more. We need to give our children the foundations that they deserve. And I was yet to find out. This was my fourth child and I still hadn't worked it out. But keep listening. There's more to come to this story.